Welcome to the Deepwater Podcast. I'm Dave Mercer. I'm James Judd. And our goal on this podcast is to learn to make disciples the way Jesus made disciples. Yes, sir. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Deepwater Podcast. I am so excited for the guests that we have on today. I have known John for about 14 years. Just like crazy super smart. When I talk with John, I don't know, we might talk anything from something about physics to a neuroscience article he was reading to anything. He's just, just amazingly smart, well-read. And the great thing about John is, one, is he doesn't rub it in my face how much smarter he is than me. And two, when he takes these things, he always applies them back to the Lord or back to ministry in some ways. Just really, really awesome. Now, I will say that, that John is roughing it for the Lord out in Hawaii. And I say that a little bit tongue-in-cheek because he did tell me that Hawaii is only about 6 to 7% evangelized. So, realistically, we send a lot of, a lot of organizations, send missionaries to countries that have that many percent. And so really it is a it is a much harder field than one would think to work in. And he's been there a long time and has been learning a lot. And when we talk today, you're going to hear the story kind of of how he works on a college ministry there and how they evolved, how their understanding of discipleship evolved. And then as they begin to understand what wasn't happening and what needed to happen, how they started trying to change that in their group of students. How did they change disciple-making into a priority? And then next week, we're going to talk some about discipling, ministering, reaching millennials. It'll be really exciting. So, here is John. When you think discipleship, or when you're talking about, really in a lot of ways, like how do we, we spur ourselves on to making disciples? How do we get a church to start making disciples, like we're really making them? Um, yeah. How do we how do we get young people to, to grab onto the gospel? Kind of from any of those things. When someone wants to talk to you about those kind of things, what are some of the experiences you have where do you where do you like to go with that yeah well as a college ministry we have a lot of flexibility that that churches might not have so we mm-hmm. have a lot of room to try stuff and experiment and if it doesn't work then be like okay next semester yes, we just won't do that anymore uh-huh. yeah <laughs> we'll you just, just wipe it clean uh-huh. <laughs> so so a lot of my a lot of the guys i've been discipling for a long time have been through several different kind of versions of what BCM discipleship looks like, mm-hmm. um, which I think in itself is kind of a good thing. I mean, yeah. maybe consistency is better, but um, them seeing like, hey, I'm willing, hey, that didn't work, let's try something different, mm-hmm. um, I'm hoping anyway is is a good example in itself yeah. for discipleship. That every person in every community and every church is going to be different, so there's no like, hey, read this book. And suddenly your church will become disciple makers. Uh-huh. But the most recent thing changes that we've done, we've started using, there's uh, Robbie Galati wrote a book called Growing Up. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have this um, um, ministry called Replicate mm-hmm. um, that's that's focused on disciple making. And, and their main focus is ordinary people like, you know, your everyday church person, getting them to become disciple makers. Mm-hmm. And and what does that look like? And uh, RJ, my boss, and I had been talking for a few years, started maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago, talking about our discipleship is really weak here at BCM. So how do we make it stronger? What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and our first 
kind of step was we need to build like a community of trust mm -hmm. so that students are willing to take the step into deeper places. Mm -hmm. uh, and then kind of after we had done that for a little while and we'd been working on it and then we were like, okay, now we have a few students in discipleship. How do we really make that the norm? Mm -hmm. um, so we worked on building a culture of um, rather than like, okay, you've progressed through all these levels. Now let's get to this like, you know, high pinnacle, so to speak, of ministry and join a discipleship. Um, how do we, instead of that picture, how do we give the picture that this is like the most basic? Like everybody mm -hmm. should do this right from the start, right when they become a believer, you should be a part of discipleship. Um, so we really worked hard to build a culture of it and, and to even rephrase the way we were talking about discipleship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And instead of like, hey, if you want to such and such, then you should, instead of talking about it like that, instead talking about it like, hey, so you're a part of this now, so you should join this or, you know, like uh, most of our students, blah, blah, blah. You know, so even changing the way we talk about mm -hmm. discipleship in, in terms of building that kind of culture around yeah. it where it's not a like the best students are in discipleship but rather like this is expected for everybody uh -huh. and it's a normal thing uh -huh. in our community this is what happens uh-huh um so th if you if you're not willing to do discipleship then you're kind of on the the outside outside of what's normal mm -hmm. yeah what uh just to clarify a couple of things there or maybe back up a little bit what do you define discipleship as because there's a lot of people have a lot of different yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's really good. Um, so for us, as of right now, we're defining discipleship as um, a group of, a small group of people, two or three uh, or four people. So in this case, it's usually a staff and a few students or a student leader and a few students mm -hmm. that are meeting together in a group. We do weekly. We meet for about an hour to an hour and a half. And every time we have, we call it D group. Um, discipleship group. So anytime mm -hmm. we have a discipleship group, you're meeting to um, to talk about life. What are some life things that are happening mm -hmm. right now? What are some issues or some problems or some even some victories that you've had? Mm -hmm. um, so there's that part of like life kind of life on life discussion. And then uh, we have a, a section where we talk about what did we, what did we read in the Bible this week and how did how are you applying that to your life? And what is God teaching you from it? Mm -hmm. um, and then we also have a, a section about accountability. So what are some things um, that you're struggling with? How are you doing with, say, pornography? Or how are you loving your family? Or are you honoring God in your workplace? You know, all these kind of mm -hmm. accountability things to hold each other accountable. And and the basis of it all is grace. And mm. one of the one of the key values that we've kind of come to after, like I was saying about 10 years of thinking about this, I think one of the key things we want to hold everybody to is that there's no like, like I'm a higher level than you. So I'm teaching uh, down to you, uh -huh. but I may, I may be further along in the journey and I may know more about it. I may have more experiences, but I'm not like above you. We're in this group together and I may be leading the group even, but I'm going to be open about my struggles and I'm going to be open about my problems in life. And I'm going to share with you my victories. And I'm going to, uh, mm -hmm. I want to learn from you as the Holy Spirit is teaching you in your reading. He's going to teach you things that maybe I haven't learned yet. 
Mm-hmm. And so you're going to come across something, and the Holy Spirit's going to teach you something that I need to hear. Mm-hmm. So when we're sharing our hear journals, especially, so that's the Bible discussion part. We have a we have a kind of a formula we use. Just like anything, honestly, will work. But we use this acronym called HEAR: highlight, explain, apply, and respond. Um, I've also heard SOAP, Scripture, Observation, Application. <laughs> um, I forget the P, Prayer or something. Prayer. But um, whatever works. Like anything you can get just to be interacting with scripture. And I always tell them that like, if here doesn't work for you, that's fine. Just find a way to interact with scripture and share Mm -hmm. it. And so when Mm -hmm. we're talking about that scripture interaction time, that um, here journal time, um, I always tell them like, I need to hear from you just as much as you need to hear from me. Mm -hmm. So I always tell them the more open and the more honest you are when you're writing your journals, and the more willing you are to share that openness and honesty, the better it is for all of us. Mm-hmm. Because then we're talking about real stuff instead of like, you know, I should love my neighbor. <laughs> that's my application for today. You know, like, right. Good job. That's, that's true, <laughs> but it's not helpful. <laughs> you know what I right. mean? Right. Right. So I, that's really kind of core to the discipleship experience in our ministry is this open and transparent and 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 um grace-filled atmosphere of like i'm going to share really real stuff with my discipleship guys that i'm really struggling with a lot of it's embarrassing a lot of it's kind of humiliating but i'm like i'm going to share this with you because it's real mm-hmm. and i believe that the grace of jesus and the life of jesus and the power of the gospel is able to meet us in real places not just like the veneer Christiany places. Yeah, not in just but the if the cliches. Yes, if the if the gospel can't meet me in my real places, then what's the power of it, right? But I believe that it can. That's, so that's kind of central and core to our mm-hmm. our strategy. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So then, what like practically, what kind of things you see? You talked about changing the way you talked about things. What kind of things did you change to make it where, like, no, this is what this really is the the main thing. And how effective is that? Are you know? Are you a hundred percent changed there? Are you fifty percent on the way? Yeah, I think apart from like a really miraculous move of God, I don't think we'll ever be a hundred percent there. Um, I'd say right now we're probably close to I would say probably close to fifty percent of our students in a di- okay. in a D group mm-hmm. in a discipleship group, mm-hmm. uh, which is better than we've ever had ever. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. in that sense, we're like really on the way mm-hmm. but as far as like are all of our students in discipleship not even close <laughs> mm-hmm. but the way that we talk about it now like i was saying even we made several changes one of which was our leadership students we're now requiring them to be in discipleship that was always like that was always a quote quote unquote part of the expectations um but in the, especially in the last couple of years we were like okay if not even our st- student leaders are in discipleship there's no way yeah. we can get anybody, anybody else, else going on this right uh-huh. um so that was a that was a choice we were like okay we're gonna have to make a difficult choice and if students don't jump into the discipleship our student leaders if they're not jumping into this discipleship within the first few weeks of the semester then we'll have to sit down with them and say hey this is this is the most important thing that we do uh-huh. and if you're not on board with that then you're not really the kind of leader that we're looking to lead our our group, 
right? Mm -hmm. uh, and we did have to have some of those conversations. Um, and thankfully, everybody has been like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do it. We haven't had anybody who's been like, no, that's not for me. <laughs> you know, thankfully, I know that's going to happen eventually, I'm sure. Uh -huh. um, it, it hasn't happened yet, thankfully. But, you know, we had always, quote unquote, required it, but it wasn't really required mm -hmm. until a few years ago when we were like, okay, we're saying this is required, but we don't have anything to back it up. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's one of the questions. Now, instead of before we were asking in leadership team, like, how many of you are in discipleship and how many of you are discipling other students? Now we're asking, what are you learning in discipleship? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. what what are something that you're, what are victories you're seeing in the students you're discipling? Mm -hmm. So just that simple change of are you to um, what is happening uh -huh. when you are. Uh-huh. Um, changed a big part of the culture of that group. Uh-huh. And I, it filters down when your students, when they started getting excited about it because we're celebrating things uh -huh. and we're, we're like sharing things like this is what I learned and, and this is what I was reading the other day. And this is what one of my, one of the guys I'm discipling said this and he shared with his friend and this happened instead of like a, you know, a checkbox, it becomes like a, a part of life and a part of our community. If that makes sense. Uh -huh. um, so that was one of the changes. Uh, and then even the way we talk, announce it to the big group, because we meet on Tuesday night with our big group meeting. Mm -hmm. And so even the ways we talk about it, rather than saying things like, you know, if you want to grow in your faith, then you should try a discipleship group. We just throw it out. Hey, discipleship groups are starting. You should get in one. Make sure you're a part of this. This is a central part of our community. Um, you know, so it's simple changes, I think, to change the the way we talk about it mm -hmm. can have um, larger effect. But I think, honestly, I think the biggest part of it was that our, our student leaders got excited about it. Mm -hmm. And they got excited about the, uh, the possibility of doing their own um, D groups because rather than I'm a higher level teaching down to you, which seems like, mm -hmm. oh, I can't do that until I've uh, reached some reached. Uh -huh. level. When we just meet together and sit around and like, I'm sharing my stuff and you're sharing your stuff and we're all learning from each other, students tend to think like, oh, I could do this. I could do this. This isn't that hard. I'm not quote unquote teaching anybody. Mm -hmm. I'm just guiding this discussion as the Holy Spirit is teaching us together. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, and that makes it way more attainable. So we've had, for the first time since I've been on staff, we've had a, a large number of students this year who are discipling other students. Mm -hmm. And over the past few years, I might have had one or two students a year in my, dis in my discipleship guys who are actually discipling other people. Mm -hmm. um, and Max Barnett is kind of a personal hero of mine from a distance. I've only met him once or twice. Mm -hmm. And I went to one of his seminars once. But in one of his seminars, he said, unless your disciples' disciples are making disciples, <laughs> then you've never made a disciple. disciple. Yeah. And that one thought, I just, it like, I just sat there kind of in stunned silence because I was like, according to Max's definition, I've never made a disciple, <laughs> uh -huh, <laughs> you know? Uh -huh. uh, which is like, it really caused me to like rethink everything because I was like, wait a minute, what we're doing is not reproducing and uh -huh. we got to change. 
So I was saying at the beginning, I was saying last two years, we've really changed, kind of revamped everything from top to bottom. We were already on the journey. I think God had been leading us along the journey to the right places, to the right realizations. Mm-hmm. And that's when we found Robbie's book mm-hmm. um, and program, the Replicate program. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we when we started going through that material, we were like, this is exactly what we're trying to do. This is exactly what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a, a perfect, uh, kind of a perfect intersection of, we were looking for a material that addressed these specific issues. And then we found mm-hmm. um, Robbie's material mm-hmm. um, because of a friend of ours, Gus Hernandez, he used to be at PCM in uh, Miami. And now he's actually working with Robbie in their okay. church in Tennessee. Um, but he kind of uh, pointed us to it. And, and my boss, RJ, and I were looking at the material and we're like, this is exactly what we were looking for. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, because there's something I think we see a lot or, or people it's easy to get to focus on the curriculum but one i think you have to have a realization first that like what we're doing isn't like this isn't this isn't working this isn't what god really intended or uh, yeah. as another fellow on here said it's like like this isn't what makes disciples that go and are willing to give their life to reach the world you know like this yeah. isn't getting it yeah. done you know so you got to realize like first you know, we need something else. And then you kind of have to have already a community and a relationship and an idea. And you can plug a curriculum that matches that in well, as long as yeah. it's a biblically based curriculum. But you can't just grab a curriculum and pop it in the middle without that intensive, intensive knowledge that you don't, that you need something like that you yeah. have to change. And then, and then a, I'm going to say a commitment to a relational discipleship or a commitment to like, like it's not just going to be this book we go through on Sunday, but like, uh, you know, we're going to be in our yeah. lives together and it's yeah. not just this class, but this is what we're doing. And we use this as a tool that helps us a lot. Yeah. But it's got to be more than that. Yeah. I think um, discipleship as a class, it, it, I'm going to say this in my experience, because I don't want to, I don't want to discredit anybody, but mm-hmm. in my experience for our context, Discipleship as a class just doesn't work. Mm. It's all head knowledge and then no application to life. Mm-hmm. So we, I, whenever we meet together, I used to do a lot of teaching. Like, here's some things you need to learn as you grow. Now mm-hmm. I almost never do any teaching. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, as questions arise, I will address them. Mm-hmm. But it's the Holy Spirit in their Bible reading that's doing the teaching. And I'm just coming alongside of that and saying, oh yeah, here's one more thought about that. Or here's one idea. Or here's one way to like do this practically. Or here's how this idea was in my experience or in my life. Um, Mm -hmm. So then instead of like all this knowledge coming down, it's like uh, we're working on this together. It's a group project. And and this is daily life, not a class that we do. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't want to like come down on classes, but... In my experience, it, it wasn't what our students needed uh-huh. um, to grow, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I think you find yourself, instead of teaching more, you ask more questions. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. And I think I'm working on another another gospel Bible study at the moment, uh, just looking specifically like, what all did Jesus do? Like, what was he doing? Um, but one of the other ones I want to do is like, like, how many times was Jesus asking a question? Because I think we'll find that he actually asked way more questions than we think. Yeah. You know, and if Jesus asks questions, then maybe we should ask questions. Maybe we should, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. What about, like, what, 
uh, it sounds like a little mean question. I don't mean it that way, but like, what's kept you, you know, it's like 10 years in and you're like, oh, we got to get like, why, why was, why weren't you at the beginning? Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's a good question. I think when, when I first started, I had a lot of ideas of like, like, yeah, I know how to do this. I got it. Like, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you tend to get into the daily grind of, of ministry or, um, cause I work for a, I work for a college ministry, right? So there's always stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then sometimes, well, maybe I'm just slow, but, um, it took me a, a little while to, stop and be like okay what are we actually doing mm-hmm. like what are our activities accomplishing mm-hmm. so it wasn't until a couple of years into working at bcm that i was like we're doing a lot of stuff that's really fun and exciting and and easy to report about mm-hmm. um, but what is the fruit of what we're doing mm-hmm. um our mission is to produce influencers for God's glory. Uh, but most of our students are just going on to live like totally standard, mm-hmm. normal lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So why and what can we do different? Mm-hmm. Um, so that started that started this kind of process along the way. Um, and we have a, a mutual, you and I have a mutual friend from China mm-hmm. um, that I keep in touch with. He's still one of my closest friends. And I just talked to him uh, a few days ago, actually. I told him, you know, every time we talk, you always teach me something mm. new. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has this way of talking about faith that's so matter-of-fact and so frank. Mm. That's like, he will drop these, like, really powerful, amazing, revelatory statements as if it's just, like, everyday knowledge. Like, oh, everybody knows this, yes. obviously. Mm-hmm. Along the way, one of the things, he had an opportunity to come to America to study, and he was involved with the ministry in the college there. He was talking about an outreach they were doing for hot dogs, and they met together to plan the outreach, and they met for an hour, and then they prayed, and it was finished, and he was really frustrated. And I'm thinking, like, that sounds like a really good meeting to me. Mm. Like, they were productive. They got things done. They met for, it wasn't too long, about an hour. They're going to move forward with this hot dog outreach. Like, it sounded really good to me. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how frustrated he was. And I was like, well, why, what, what are you, what are your frustrations? What, what was wrong with that meeting? And then he goes, as if everybody should know. And, you know, frankly, we should know, but just straight matter of fact, he goes, John, hot dogs don't save people. Jesus <laughs> saves people. <laughs> and yeah. it was this this profound revelation to me, like that's correct. <laughs> uh-huh. And it sounds so obvious that you know you spend an hour for your meeting, and of course we're going to pray, but you got to like get stuff done. Mm-hmm. Um, but his perspective is, how can we get stuff done without praying? Mm-hmm. So most of our time should be asking Jesus to work. And then, with what time we have left, now let's plan and put into practice Jesus' power in our life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was one of those moments for me along the journey. Like I said, it took us maybe 10 years to get to this point. Um, but that was a, a kind of a turning point moment early on for me where I was like, 
we're doing a lot of stuff, but what are we actually accomplishing? Mm-hmm. Um, and and so it, it's been key moments like that along the way where where either I was too full of myself and had to like realize like oh what I'm doing isn't working, or mm-hmm. where I would where we would really just look honestly at what we were doing and and have this sort of like godly dissatisfaction mm-hmm. and like yeah we're meeting with discipleship in discipleship with students every year and i would have you know five to six guys seven years some years seven guys i was meeting with for discipleship we were mm-hmm. accomplishing a lot of stuff in their lives they were becoming um more obedient in terms of uh sin in their life and 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 things like that but they were becoming better contributors to our BCM community. Mm-hmm. But I think the two really key things, reading and applying the Bible for themselves, hearing from God on their own, number mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. and number two, replicating, those two things weren't happening. Mm-hmm. And every year I was running into the same problem of, did you read your Bible? No, I didn't really read it this week. Oh, I read it once, but then I forgot. Or, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I read it for, I, I read the verse of the day every day this week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those kinds of answers continuously every year, every year. So I'm spending all this time talking about it's really important to read the Bible every day. You know, like we've got to be like, that's how we learn and that's how we grow. And everybody says, yeah, 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 that makes sense. But then nobody does it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one change that really shifted that in the last two years for us was the group meeting instead of one on one. We're meeting in a small group, minimum of three, maximum mm-hmm. of five. Mm-hmm. And if we meet together in a group and I say, what did you guys learn in your here journals this week? And say, you know, this student says, oh, I didn't read this week. And the other student says, I read this and this is what I learned and this is what God was teaching me. And this is how I want to apply it to my life. I don't have to say anything <laughs> about mm-hmm why the Bible is important. Like, I don't have uh-huh. to do, I don't have to say anything. All uh-huh. I have to say is, okay, great. Like next week, I want to hear what you have to say about, it. and then uh-huh. they're going to come back the next week. Cause there's a little bit like little one of pressure. the advantages we have in, in Hawaii. Is there's just a little bit of Asian shame where it's like, uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> everybody else. is. I'm going to lose some face. I need, I need to do it. So, um, I was joking with one of my staff members a couple of years ago and I was like, you got to use that Asian shame to your advantage. <laughs> like, like, totally joking, of course. But there's this, there's this aspect of it. Like there's a, a greater level of, of accountability is the real truth. Um, accountability in that, um, students realize like, oh, this is for real and we are really uh-huh. doing this. Uh-huh. And I'm not holding up my end of this bargain that we have in this group, this agreement. I'm not holding it up. So I got to actually contribute to this mm-hmm. group. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had a couple of groups where we meet and neither of him, them have read and I've read. And so I share my thing. And then I will always say, you know, like, this isn't about me teaching you. This is about us learning together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's better if you have something to contribute. And then mm. the next week they'll come back with something to contribute. It's so much. It's it's always better for everybody, and they start to see that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, when you know when this guy shares, I learn from it. Or when I share, actually, God is teaching both of us because it's something that He needed to learn too. And mm-hmm. and now He had some problem in His life that I have helped Him with by sharing what God was teaching me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so they start to see like, wow, this is, this is, it really is better when we're all reading the Bible and growing together. Uh-huh. Um, so in that sense, I'm teaching way less about Bible reading. Um, and they are doing it way more, more. Mm-hmm. because they're seeing that this is real. This is practical. This is like, yeah. this is real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think one of our, you know, one of the, the biggest issue I feel like for most of us, most churches, most organizations is just, we don't understand what discipleship is. Mm. Uh, it's a word that we've thrown around. We would all say we do it, but we, we don't really. So first you have to realize it. And then the, the next hard thing to do is get over talking about it and start doing it. Yeah. You know, and so kind of where I'm, where I'm going in my discipling people is part of the time together is like, we're going to read a passage together. And we're going to like hear from God right yeah. then. And then, yeah. and, and not like, I'm going to, I'm not just going to teach out of Bible study. Like, let's do it together and model a lot more. Um, and then, you know, that's kind of what you guys are doing as well is like say like, okay, now let's do it. Yeah. And, that, and the, the having done it or reviewing what we're doing is sounds like one of the main things. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's another real like pivotal moment for me. The first time we went to China. And we met our mutual friend. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a discussion, and one of the things he said was, the Bible is meant to be obeyed, not just learned. Mm-hmm. And that changed my life. That one phrase mm-hmm. changed my entire life because I realized my whole life I've grown up in church. At that point, I'd been, I think I'd been a believer truly for maybe two or three years. Um, but I'd grown up my whole life. I knew all kinds of stuff about the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one phrase, the Bible's meant to be obeyed, not just learned, like revolutionized my, my thinking about what does it look like to be a Christian? Well, it mm-hmm. means you do what it says. You don't just uh-huh. learn about what it says. You do what it says. Uh-huh. Francis Chen has a similar little anecdote. He always tells a story about his daughter and he tells her like, Hey, go clean your room. She's like, what if I came back later? And my daughter was like, Hey, we formed a study group to study what you meant, go clean my room. We looked up the Greek words, what it means to go, go clean my room. Like we really have a good understanding of what that means to go clean, go clean my room. Like we know what that would look like. We even made plans for it. Mm-hmm. Chan is always like, would that make me happy? No, because her room is still dirty. I wanted her to go clean her room, not talk about it. Uh-huh. It's just that simple, like for me, it was revolutionary early in my walk for him to say, the Bible is meant to be obeyed, not just learned. Uh-huh. Like, wow, that's a change in thinking from what I had learned. I don't know if they were teaching that necessarily, because maybe I just wasn't hearing. But uh-huh. um, from what I had learned, that was a big change from, uh-huh. from what I yeah. was experiencing. Yeah. I always like to throw out that caveat that they may have said it a million times and I just missed it. But as far yeah, as exactly. I know, like I didn't <laughs> get it until this point in time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And... I think we have a tendency as a general just of American churches towards knowledge. Like, you know, let me give the Hebrew, let me get the Greek, let me show you these fine historical contexts. Um, but most of the time those don't actually help us obey anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I always say like, that's great if it helps me to obey better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of switching a little bit to you. What do you see these students that you're starting to see discipling others? How do you see yourselves coaching them through this transition from college? I've got lots of time. 
I'm a party animal. <laughs> I have few responsibilities to like, now I'm working, now I'm working a job. I've got a family. I'm still making disciples. How do you, cause I, I see even places I know that I feel like had really good discipleship ministries. I feel like that's still one of the big things is how many of them continue. Continue. What, yeah. yeah. What are you guys, what are you thinking on that? What are you planning? That, let me, I'm just going to be totally honest. That is one of our weakest points right now. Mm-hmm. We're still trying to figure that out. Um, mm-hmm. This year will be our first year. So in May, this will be our first year where we're graduating students out of this new strategy. Mm-hmm. So this was a big year for me personally to see like, okay, will this survive the transition mm-hmm. from college to um post-college life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's going to be big, kind of a big point in this experiment. Um, and, and I really think we've thought about it a lot. We've prayed about it a lot. We're hopefully following through with a lot of the things that we felt like we're doing. So I'm really hoping the, the structure is so easy to do mm-hmm. and so little, so little extra time requirement that I'm hoping that it can make that transition to a quote unquote busier mm-hmm. life. Um, one of the things I'm always telling my students is don't add something to your schedule, but add people to what you're doing. Uh, mm-hmm. um, so like you don't have time to meet with people, but you eat lunch, right? Mm-hmm. So eat lunch with your discipleship group. Mm-hmm. Or um, when you're talking about evangelism, eat lunch with somebody who's not a believer and talk to them about their life. You're going to eat mm-hmm. lunch anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why not just add somebody into that? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I do with my D groups that's a little bit unconventional, I think, is like we will go to the grocery store. Like I'll be like, okay, this is our normal D group time. This is our more our normal discipleship time. Um, but I really have to get groceries. So like let's go together to the grocery store and do our D group while we're walking around the grocery store while I'm shopping. Because I gotta uh. do it anyway, <laughs> you know. So and I some pickles, anyway, and um, you might as well just come with me so I can do two things at once. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh So a lot of my discipleship, <laughs> a couple of my discipleship students are like, "Are we gonna like go somewhere today, or are we gonna like sit down and talk?" Because <laughs> uh, I do it all the time. I'll just be like, "Hey, I gotta run some errands. Like, let's jump in the car come and let's on. do D uh-huh. group while I'm doing errands." Uh-huh. And my hope is not only am I getting stuff done while I'm doing it, but my hope is that it helps communicate this idea of like, this isn't some like special, like sacred, like holy time that we have like, you know, cordoned off for non-normal activities. This isn't a normal mm-hmm. thing. This is a special sacred, like over there thing that we do. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping to kind of bring it into real life and say like, yeah, we do this while we're at the grocery store. We do this over lunch. Sometimes we do this while walking because I need exercise. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. One of my good friends at Campus Crusade, sometimes he does discipleship group at the gym because he's a uh. older, he's a re- kind of retired age. He hasn't retired, but he's kind of that age group. And he's like, I need to do exercise. So let's go to the gym because that's a part of taking, this is a part of the responsibility of a believer is to take care of your body. So let's go to the uh-huh. gym once a week and do discipleship there. Uh-huh. And he doesn't do that with all of his groups, but you know, right. like when he goes to the gym, like, Hey, let's go. Let's go. Uh-huh. So I'm trying to bring 
a little bit more of that into my discipleship too, like everyday living. This is everyday living. Uh-huh. So let's let's go eat lunch or let's go to my house and and cook dinner at my house and just hang out at my house for a while, uh-huh. um, and and see what what this looks like in real everyday life. So I'm hoping and praying that the students, this group of students that's going to graduate out of the new strategy, is going to uh-huh. carry that flavor into mm-hmm. their job and like, hey, you know what? We all got lunch break. Why don't I just sit with a few of my coworkers and yeah. talk about Jesus with them? And when mm-hmm. when and see if they're interested. Because a lot of times we think, oh, somebody has to become a believer before they'll study mm-hmm. the Bible. But sometimes you can meet with somebody and they'll read the Bible and the Bible will do all the work. The Bible will do all the heavy lifting mm-hmm. and they'll become a believer because they're reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just... One of my one of my students is actually doing that. He a couple of his friends from high school. Um, actually, it's kind of funny that the story we were meeting for di- discipleship, and I got up to get a refill on my tea, and one of the other students on campus from his high school had seen him and came over and said, "Are you guys studying the Bible?" Uh, and literally, we had ju- like literally the five minutes before this, we had been talking about starting a new discipleship group, and I had said, "Let's pray about it." because God loves to answer this prayer. So uh-huh. we prayed, and I said, Lord, give these guys opportunities to start discipleship groups, because they were both worried, like, what if I can't find anybody? Mm-hmm. So God loves to answer this prayer, so let's pray about it right now. You know, Lord, help these guys find some guys. Then I got up to get, go get some tea. And this kid comes over from his, from his high school and says, hey, are you guys studying the Bible? And he was like, yeah, we were studying the Bible. It's kind of like this time where we get together and we talk about how Jesus is changing our life and, and we call it discipleship and it's like kind of intense. It's more than just like studying. We want to apply it to life. And then this guy says, I think that's what I really need in my life. Can you do that for me? Um, and he's like, oh yeah, okay. Like we can start meeting and then our, our new groups will start in the spring. Um, so like we can meet in the meantime and then we'll start a new group in January. This is all while I'm getting a yeah. refill on tea, right? So I come back to the table, and he says, you're not going to believe what just happened. <laughs> and I was like, what happened? And then he explains the story, and I'm like, I do believe it, because God loves to answer that prayer. That's right. We just prayed. Why would we not believe it? <laughs> he had this, like, dazed look, like, wow, God really answered that's that right. prayer. Uh-huh. Um, so that that student, Mark is his name. Mark started meeting with this guy. And with a couple of that guy's friends, which is what I was mm. telling him, like, mm-hmm. tell this guy, Seth, Who else to talk to some of his friends and see if they want to study the Bible together. It doesn't matter if they're a believer or not, as mm-hmm. long as they're willing to uh, make this agreement with the group that together mm-hmm. we're going to read the Bible. We're going to talk about it every week and we're going to hold each other accountable. Um, and if they are down for that, then throw them into your group. Yeah. And so he started meeting with. Um, Seth and a couple of Seth's friends, and one of them's not a believer, and they met all semester, once mm-hmm. a week, reading the Bible together. And like that's awesome because mm-hmm. every week he's having an opportunity to share the gospel with this guy who's not a believer in their discipleship group. And uh-huh. this other guy who we thought maybe wasn't a believer, turns out actually he is, and now he's growing in his faith. Uh-huh. Um, and then this the the added benefit is the guy who hasn't believed yet is seeing wow, these guys are not perfect. They're pretty messed mm-hmm. up. Yeah. And Jesus is meeting them <laughs> with grace in their brokenness. And maybe he can meet me too. So it's like, not only is are they actually 
you know, sharing the gospel with him every week. He's seeing the gospel in their lives as Jesus meets them mm-hmm. in their broken places. Like, that's probably the best evangelism we could ever do, you know? Mm-hmm. Why not include them into our discipleship groups? Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, like, that's pretty awesome. And and Jesus said to make disciples. And, and I think, hey, even if they're not a believer yet, like, let's make disciples. Uh-huh. So yeah. this, I don't know. Yeah, I think you can make still- a pretty good argument that an, at least a number, if not all, of his twelve were not believers. Or, I mean, they were. Some of them were certainly following Yahweh, but some of them probably weren't hardly doing that, you know. And yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. Even you think about like Matthew was a tax collector, and they were like hated people. Uh huh. And Simon and, like, was a zealot, ex- excluded from everything. Right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they couldn't even go to synagogue. I think, and and you know. He's like, hey, come follow me and be my disciple, right? Uh-huh. So why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. And Simon's o- plotting the overthrow of the Roman Empire. He's yeah, probably yeah. participated in at least some beatings, if not some murders. Yeah. You know? yeah so. That's one of the cool things, I think. We tend, at least in um, the American church, we tend to like uh, romanticize the Bible characters. But uh-huh. The Bible doesn't. The Bible no. just doesn't do it. Like David, who's one of my favorite Bible um characters all together i love i really in some ways relate to him um but i relate to him mostly because of his brokenness and his like Mm. like when he writes psalms he's like angry at jesus for things that are happening or he's like depressed because his life sucks or he like sleeps with this lady that he sees out his window like Mm -hmm. like this guy's really messed up and i really like I appreciate that, you know, <laughs> like, uh-huh. uh, I appreciate that about David. Uh, so I, I just feel like, hey, if I'm showing my discipleship guys that I'm messed up too, mm-hmm. and like Jesus is meeting me there, then mm-hmm. maybe that will give grace for, um, I just had, I just remembered Paul has this, First Corinthians, Paul has this section where he's talking about treasure in jars of clay. Mm-hmm. Um, to show that this all-surpassing power comes from God and not from men. Mm-hmm. Um, man, that's true. Like all the places that I'm embarrassed of, all the cracks and the brokenness, that's where the light of Jesus shines out. That's uh-huh. where the gospel is most clear because, hey, I'm broken and I'm messed up and God still meets me there. Uh-huh. Um, that's the that's the gospel in, in the realest sense, I think, that mm-hmm. God meets us in our disobedience and our brokenness and our rebellion uh-huh. and he loves us and uh-huh. he meets us with grace uh-huh. um, this is something uh i think i've been i've been trying to live a little more genuinely with my discipleship guys in the last um three or four years especially but especially uh-huh. in the last two years with this new strategy i'm like i'm just gonna lay it all on the table uh-huh. Uh-huh. and if they're like whoa i don't want to meet with you anymore okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's that's much better than the fake guy or the or the guy on the pedestal that's like, oh, I could never be as smart as John. I yeah, could never yeah. be as good as John. I guess, you know, I'll, I'll kind of do my thing. I'll follow Christ, but I could never. Versus like, I don't know if you ever had a class or something you went through and you're like, man, if that guy made it, I'm definitely going to make this. You know, yeah, 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 <laughs> I'd, yeah, yeah. I'd much rather somebody, even though like my pride would like people to say like, wow, I could never. He's such a great whatever, you know. It'd be much yeah. better if they were like, Psh. God can deal with him. I yeah. have no problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
I think it's realer. It's realer. Hopefully, mm-hmm. it gives them a, a better picture of God's grace, if that makes sense. Boy, that was good, wasn't it? I thought that was an awesome story. I hope you guys really learned a lot of things. I hope you picked up some stuff. I think that thing about being authentic, boy, that's that's huge. You know, this is who I am, and man, I need God's forgiveness. And this is how I'm working through these things, and this is how I'm working with the struggling areas in my life. And being open and vulnerable has a huge effect. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed it, and next week we're going to hear from John. As I talked to him about what is it like to minister, to reach, to disciple millennials. It'll be good. Trust me. See you guys next time. 